Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. That's a wrap. Yo, that's a wrap. It was an amazing experience. Hope everybody enjoyed it. Hope you got some laughs and good entertainment. This is Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Here comes Vincent up the center screen. Thompson fights through it. Butler, pump fake, goes up. Tough shot. Got it! 9.5 to go. Timeout Warriors. And Golden State in deep trouble here. They trail 114-109. Yeah, 114-109 at that point. And the Heat would go on to win it 116-109. Jimmy Butler putting the final nail in the coffin for the Warriors in this one. As we welcome you inside Warriors Wrap-Up, John Dickinson with you here for the next hour on 95.7 The Game. 888-957-9570. That is the phone number. Uh, You can give me a call or shoot me a text as we react to the Warriors taking their third consecutive L on this road trip. And the Dubs now still looking for their first road win of the year. Three and five overall. It's three consecutive defeats. Now Charlotte. Detroit, and you can add Miami to the list tonight. Uh, better effort for the Warriors in terms of playing, I think, with a purpose and, and trying to play harder defensively in this game. The offense and defense more connected in this game. They did knock down 18 three-pointers, but down the stretch, another blown lead for the Dubs as they had a 100-92 to lead with about 9.40 to go, outscored 24-9 down the stretch from the moment in which Jordan Poole hit that three that made it 100-92. to Over the final five minutes, the Warriors scoring just two points in this one. And, uh, yeah, the Warriors uh, wind up losing uh, in this game 116-109. to So another night where the bench really struggled, even though the Warriors came out and the starters jumped off to a 13-7 to lead. Hard to blame the starters for putting the Warriors in position to win because they did just that. But in the final five minutes, some some tough shot selection. I think the Warriors 
lived and died a little bit by the three-point shot in this game. They did knock down 18 of 49, and I thought while the Warriors did play with a, a better purpose and better connectivity, as I mentioned off the top of the show, a lot of the game tonight was the Heat are a much more offensively challenged team than, than some of these other teams the Warriors have, have played to this point in the season, and the Warriors were making threes at an extremely high level, which I think when you're making them, that offsets other things that that maybe you don't do well. And you look at the turnovers tonight for the Warriors, another 20 turnover game. So the turnovers big time in the negative. Miami scoring 28 points off of turnovers. And the Warriors showing an ability, for the most part, to be able to defend the Heat enough to win this game in the half court, but the extra possessions and the extra points more specifically off the turnovers wind up flipping this game in the direction of of the Miami Heat. So yeah, turnovers offsetting the three-pointers, which really put the Warriors in in a great position to win, although Miami hit 16. So the advantage for the Warriors there only six points on the scoreboard uh, when you look at the Dubs, 18 of 49, and Miami, 16 of 42. But the turnovers, an 11-point advantage for Miami, 28 to 17 as far as points off turnovers. And uh, that winds up what typically the Warriors get into the, the 17, 18, pushing the 20 range in terms of three-pointers made. They are going to beat just about anybody on a lot of nights but tonight just just too many other things not going well for the Warriors and and they continue to have a bench problem make no mistake Uh, the Warriors got off to the lead and then the bench came in and it was a 20 to 3 run at the end of the first quarter Uh, immediately you look up and the Warriors in that middle of the quarter are putting Jordan Poole in the game, rough night for Jordan Poole. They're putting Wiseman in the game, and then Moody comes in, Jermichael Green comes in, and it was all bad immediately late in that first quarter. First tipping point of the night in in this one was really right then, and you look at at the Warriors, uh, better effort as I alluded to, but again, a lot of of negatives for for the Warriors as far as the, the, the plus minus went for that group and and it just it got ugly and it got ugly fast and the starters then had to to come back in and and overcome it as they were able to do down the stretch in the first half but yeah Moody and Jamichael Green both minus 15 you had Jordan Poole minus 13 Wiseman and Ty Jerome minus 10 that was all in about a five minute stretch uh, at the end of the first quarter after the starters had gotten off to a 13-7 to lead and, and varying degrees of, of substitution, obviously, with, with Poole coming in and then Wiseman, Moody, and Green came in a little bit later. It got worse at that point. Uh, and the Warriors just an uphill climb, but they were able to get back into the game uh, in the second quarter, came out with eight in a row to start the second, making shots, not getting to the line at that point in the game, although it eventually evened out to where the Heat wound up going to the free throw line 20 times. How about Miami from the free throw line? 20 for 20 in this game. So the Heat end up with a seven-point advantage from the free throw line in terms of makes. Warriors at 13 to 17. It winds up being a a seven-point difference uh, in the game. But the Warriors are going to have to figure out what the heck's going on with the bench because there are a lot of guys right now that are not helping this team and and combinations that are not helping this team. And it really is top to bottom. I mean, you you look at the bench players, Jordan Poole, 
Uh, a rough night for him, minus 23. Jamichael Green, minus 22 for the game uh, in this one. I mean, just he he was brutal. And, and James Wiseman, bad first half, played better in the second half. Moses Moody, bad first half, played better in the second half. But not a lot of minutes right now for the young guys. And easy to understand why there's not a lot of minutes right now for the young guys as you look at this thing, and, and they're letting leads get away. They're, they're making the starters have to come back in the game and, and overcome it. And so the Warriors find themselves now in a hole at 3-5 and five and 0-3 oh and on this road trip. So 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. We'll hear from Steve Kerr. We'll hear from the, the Warriors locker room from down in Miami as well as it is Warriors wrap-up here on 95.7 The Game. Yet Jordan Poole, not just two, three palming turnovers, and you're not going to want to miss what Steve Kerr had to say about the palming turnovers. Uh, Poole actually led the league last year, if I'm not mistaken, in in palming turnovers, uh, but I think he led the league with like six for an entire season. Tonight he picked up three, and yeah, Steve Kerr saying after the game that apparently there was a league-wide memo that went out today, which he didn't see because he didn't check his email today, and that maybe uh, kind of angrily Kerr quipping that uh, – now maybe the league will, will try to try to stop traveling at, at some point next week and send out an, an email to, to try and correct that. But yeah, bizarre, the palming violations. You also have down the stretch of the game, Curry fouled on a three uh, after Jimmy Butler had the spin move and the and one that, that put Miami up 112 to 109. Curry f- uh, fouled on a three by Jimmy Butler as the Heat went to the zone in the last five minutes of the game. The Heat challenged it, and originally I thought... That's a brutal challenge by Miami, but the officials ruling that Butler had blocked a piece of the shot first, and then the contact was a high five, and essentially after the defender, if he blocks the shot first, then it's it's really anything goes after that, and they ruled that he did. So not only did the Warriors not get the three free throws that likely would have tied the game at that point uh, and salvaged it at 112-112, but the Heat wound up with the basketball off of that as well. So the Warriors down three. Uh, they did force a, a, a missed Gabe Vincent three-pointer from the corner, but then Clay Thompson, uh, a couple of more missed threes in between another Vincent miss and over-the-back loose ball foul on, on Bam Adebayo. And the Warriors just settling for threes down the stretch, I think kind of a victim of the fact that they were shooting the three-ball so well, and then the the close out-of-bounds play that was ruled out-of-bounds to Miami. Steve Kerr choosing not to challenge that play, and then Jimmy Butler hit the uh, jumper that basically put this thing away at 114-109, to uh, which we played off the top. So uh, 888-957-9570. Uh, that is the phone number to participate in the program. You can give me a call or shoot me a text as we react to this one on Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Give me your concern level now. And the Warriors finding their themselves in this position where there a lot of veteran players. I think there, there's been a the you know not really coming out with the proper intensity in, in some of these games. I thought that was the issue at times in Detroit. But tonight they clearly valued the name brand opponent, as I'll call them, in Miami and a team that historically is is tough and was a play away from 
getting into the NBA Finals last year, essentially, against Boston in a Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals. So the, the Heat got the Warriors' attention tonight, uh, and, and I think you know it, it goes to, and I think Fitz on the television broadcast made the point, although it is the quintessential point that bad teams make, and that is, hey, if you bring that kind of effort against the, the lesser opponents of the last two games that you had to play, you probably walk out of Detroit and you walk out of Charlotte victorious, but the Warriors didn't do that, and unfortunately the Warriors, at least on the road right now, are a bad team. I mean, 0-4 speaks for itself right now, and the turnovers and the bench problems – and losing fourth quarter leads, just an inability to maintain. I think you're you're seeing teams right now fearing the Warriors a little bit less than maybe they have at, at other junctures. Uh, with with Golden State, you know, being in in this position where they they are looking a little bit more vulnerable uh, at the early point of of this season. And the bottom line is the fact that the Warriors can't lose too many of these even eight games in to a point where they wind up on the fringe of being a play-in team versus being a top-six team. And look, it's probably a little bit early to be talking about that, but the last thing that you want to do is find yourself in March having a conversation about, well, if they can just stay out of of the the, the play-in, they they can make a run. The, The reality is, you probably need to be a top four seed if you're going to make a legitimate run. And, th- and that's not off the table at this point. I mean, nothing's off the table at this point. But but the Warriors have a long way to go as far as figuring out uh, not necessarily the rotation, but just how to get more productivity out of these bench players in a manner that is cohesive with the with the veteran players. Because right now I think you could make the case that the, the Warriors' veteran players – are looking around and wondering if they have enough on this team to to make the run and and have what it takes to to compete for the ultimate goal, which is an NBA championship. They they clearly don't uh, at this point right now on November the first. The good news for the Warriors is they've got five six months to to try and and figure it out. So eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero triple eight. Nine five seven nine five seven zero. Let's get to the phones here and get it started with Jerry on ninety five seven. The game. Hey Jerry, you're on Warriors wrap up. What's going on tonight? Uh, hey brother. Uh, just just watching the game. Uh, the Warriors are not playing well, and I think they need a lineup shakeup. Um, I think they should go kind of what uh, what the Clippers used to do with having Williams and Harold come off the bench. I think Clay needs to go to the second team and not move Poole up. You need Poole on the second team, and I'd start Moody. Um, Clay needs a little more responsibility, uh, like rebounding and possibly driving, getting free throws. Like the old Clay Thompson, he needs to quit quit talking about getting back to where he was. This is the new Clay Thompson. And I think it was a mistake to bring him back and insert him into the starting lineup. He should have worked his way in from the bench and they need to balance out the two teams. They need Clay's defense on the second team. And you just need to stick a player in with the first team. That's not going to screw it all up. And right now it looks like maybe Moody might be that guy. And they need to develop these, these young players because they're a ways from it. 
And, yeah, because they do look old against the last two losses. Those teams, you know, the Hornets and um, and Detroit, those guys are athletic. They need to balance out these two teams and stay in the game in the first half. All right. Uh, they, and, oh, and it also really bugged me, Clay whining about Barkley. Barkley's doing his job, and Clay's earning an average of $38 million a year. He's got to shut up and play. All right, thanks for the call. Appreciate the call. I don't think a starting lineup changes the issue. And you look at tonight, the starters were not the issue. And I get it. You're saying you fix the starters by by bringing somebody off the bench and putting them into the starting lineup, and you, and you juggle it a, a little bit. Uh, every Warriors starter was a plus tonight. Every single one of them. Like, the Warriors starters played great in this game at the beginning of the first to close the half at the beginning of the third to help the Warriors to a 38-28 advantage in that third quarter that put them in a spot where they had the lead going to the fourth quarter and a five-point lead and in control to win this thing down the stretch. But to me, it's more about, and Steve Kerr has done this, he's put Looney in there and Wiggins to try and solidify things as far as the bench group goes, but he's not taking Clay Thompson out of the starting lineup. And I know we've had a couple of texts here on the Xfinity Mobile text line going through, hey, positives, 5-1-0, Clay's looking more like himself. Did he look more like himself? Because I, 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 I could say at times he did, but you look up at the end of the night and he's 7 for 19 and he's 4 of 12 from 3 and he misses a couple down the stretch. So 19 points for Clay. He was a, a plus 6, as I mentioned, as, as far as that group that was all plus among the starters. But... At the end of the night, it was 4 for 12. It wasn't 6 for 12. And the Warriors tonight needed it to be 6 for 12 if they were going to ultimately win this game. I do think, though, it it is a positive sign only in that it's been so bad to this point from from Clay Thompson. So 888-957-9570. Bill in San Jose next here on Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Hey, here's my question. Do you think the Warriors miss Mike Brown as a defensive coach? The way I see it, not maybe not so much tonight. I couldn't tell. I was working. But against Charlotte and Detroit, it just seems like they don't guard the three-point line. They're just giving guys a lot of uncontested threes, and it just seems like their defense, defensive cohesion is not there. I wonder if it's coaching. It could be, and and look, but Mike Brown's not coming back, so they've got to figure it out, and and that's a question that's come up a lot. I do think it's hurting them right now. I, I think there were there were some game specific things that the Warriors did, especially at the beginning last year when Mike Brown was in charge of the defense that that helped them and and that put them in in a spot to to win games. So I I think the reality is though they've got to adjust and they've got to figure it out. The Warriors gave up 58 in each half tonight, although I made the point to uh, buddy Matt Steinmetz via text here watching the game that 58 to the Heat is like 68 to to another team. So while you could make the case that it was a little bit better tonight defensively, the Heat are a, a team that is more easily guarded than some of these other teams because they aren't as athletic as some of these other teams in youthful or as great a shooting team, typically, uh, from the three-point line and and just in general. But tonight, 
you get to the free throw line 20 points or 20 times and you make all 20 of them and that that can offset a, a lot of different you know mistakes and and, and other issues so 888-957-9570 Doug in Berkeley next on Warriors wrap up hey Doug you're on 957 the game hey good evening good evening uh, i just have a couple of things to say first is that uh, you know if you look at the season so far the big glaring problem is defense as you just pointed out, um, we missed GP2 a lot more than I think we thought we were going to miss GP2. Uh, he added a lot of cohesion to that defensive unit. Uh, when you look at the defenders that we have, when Wiggins is not playing at the top of his game and Draymond is not playing at the top of his game, we don't have a strong defensive team. The second thing I want to say, and it's, it's scary, it's scary to me, but we are one player away from not making the playoffs in the Western Conference. If, based on what we've seen so far, if anything happens with Steph this year, we are more dependent on him than we've ever been. You know, strength in numbers is not what's happening right now. Uh, And if we are one player away from not making the playoffs in the Western Conference, looking at the Western Conference strength now, I hope it all gets turned around. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, no, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. 888-957-9570. Doug and Berkeley checking in here on 95.7 The Game. That is the one thing that getting off to a 3-5 and five start does is it puts you in danger of if you do have an injury and then you have another rough patch, all of a sudden you're in a big-time uphill climb over the course of the, the rest of the season. So So losing these games is not without – consequence and you know I always ask the question when you lose or you don't play well what does it cost you and I think the Warriors during the the heyday of winning championships and contending for championships when the Warriors had an off night or they let a game slip away even when it it drew the ire of, of the Warrior fan base for the most part they were always in position to be able to handle it or withstand it or overcome it and you look at where the Warriors are at right now and they are in a little bit of a danger zone right now at three and five. I mean, you look at again very early. What are we? Not even ten percent into the into the season at this point. But they're down there with Sacramento and the Lakers and the Rockets in in the Western Conference. I mean, they're they're twelfth right now, <laughs> and in the Western Conference ahead of only Sacramento, the Lakers, and the Rockets. You got the Clippers and the Mavs are right there with them at, at three and four and three and three. The Grizzlies are four and three. I mean, you're playing teams right now. Would you know, Memphis and Dallas would be playing teams, and the Clippers wouldn't even be in the playing tournament. So it's very, 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 very early. But you don't want to end up where three and five turns into seven and ten, and then you have an injury, and, and at that point. You're ten and sixteen because you lose Steph or you lose a couple of guys for for a couple of weeks, and then you have to try to 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 bounce back from that. So I think that the point is valid uh, as far as the defense goes. It really is just a lot of it is the defense among it's twofold. The bench guys are not playing good defense really at all under any circumstances when they're in the game. So on the nights where the starters have played well and have played good defense, the bench, for the most part, is allowing the opposition back in the game and leads that are built are getting wiped away. The other part of the problem is the nights where the starters come out as defending champions 
with some of that championship hangover and want to try to win a game by just outscoring a team. And the Warriors have gotten bit on a couple of those nights already uh, so far this season to where they haven't been able to do that either. And and we've seen in the past where this team can just get in enough of an offensive flow, make a few defensive plays down the stretch and win. And to this point, they haven't been able to do it at the level that, that I think they are used to doing it. And we've seen other teams throughout the league try to do that and get bit by it and not be able to overcome it as well. Clippers from time to time on the load management. I mean, it is a reason why a lot of these teams wind up with poor playoff positioning. The Lakers a couple of years ago had it happen, and then they got injured, and then they wound up as the seventh seed. And and so you have to be very, very careful, but uh, the, the upside-down standings right now in the Western Conference I do think will flip at some point, but the Warriors do have to be more committed, I think, at some point with consistent, purposeful efforts every night from the starters to to lift up the bench group. And right on the table as far as the bench group goes, you know, we've talked about Moody and we've talked about Kaminga and we've talked about, uh, by the way, Kaminga, DNP, DNP coach's decision. We've talked about Wiseman, who was pretty rough in the first half, played better in the second half. I think the most glaring problem that the Warriors have right now is Jordan Poole off the bench because he's supposed to be somebody that's almost treated as a veteran now to help hold that group up, to carry that group, and also to be a bridge to help the starters when he's out there on the floor with them. And right now, Jordan Poole, whether it's the turnovers with the palming violations or not making threes or defensively being a sieve, it's really caused a lot of problems because he's somebody now that's paid like a big boy. And so I know the contract doesn't technically kick in until next year, but he's at the point where you're not the fresh, young, up-and-coming story, and the Warriors didn't necessarily pay him to be a superstar. I'm not talking about Jordan Poole being a superstar. I'm talking about Jordan Poole just playing at a level that he played at last year, functional enough to where he's a net positive based on his offensive game, and that hasn't quite been there uh, to this point. So 888-957-9570. We'll go ahead and pause. We'll come back. We'll get to Dale and Walnut Creek. We'll hear from Steve Kerr. We'll get to some text messages on the Xfinity Mobile text line. Heat beat the Warriors tonight, 116-109. to You heard it right here at 95.7 The Game. It's Joe Shasky from The Morning Roast. And if you're an independent restaurateur or are starting a brand new business, then you got to know about my friends at Trimark. Trimark, making independent restauranteurs dreams come true in Northern California for over 55 years. Whether you're designing your next restaurant or you need equipment and supplies, this is where Trimark comes in. They do it all. And what's most important to them is being a partner to their business customers. Visit TrimarkWest.com. That's TrimarkWest.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Makes it 112-109. to Warriors down three, in trouble here. Minute 45 to go. Screen by Wiggins. Bounce pass to Draymond. Back to Curry. Straightens up. Shot and whistle and a foul. Butler fouled Curry. He's going to get three shots. Wow. Now back to Warriors wrap-up on 95-7 The Game. A big moment in this one. Warriors down 112-109. to Steph Curry initially fouled by Jimmy Butler. At least that was the call on the floor. Looked like Steph was going to get three free throws to potentially tie the game at 112. He challenged the call, and uh, I thought it was a brutal challenge in the moment. I thought, wow, clearly uh, Jimmy Butler had hit Steph on on the way down, and that's just a a, a foul call that, that frankly, whether you love it or you hate it, it, it's a part of the game at this point, and a lot of guys wind up getting that call, and, and typically if there's any kind of contact at all, that winds up, being a situation where the offensive players go into the line for, for three free throws. Uh, but if it was, in fact, a block, and after review, the officials, uh, Bill Kennedy, uh, he came and announced the fact that Jimmy Butler had gotten a piece of the ball upon review, and once it's a block, that negates the contact uh, that was made uh, basically the contact was hand-to-hand like a high five. And if you block the shot, 
you can have a high five scenario with the defender and have it not be a foul. So the Heat wound up with the ball off of that, and there were a couple of possessions where the Warriors got a couple of stops, but Clay Thompson missed a, a couple of couple of threes, and the ball went out of bounds off the off the Warriors. And Jimmy Butler ended up putting the game away. But yeah, key call in that one. I, I thought the Warriors were going to be in a position where, uh, hey, you get the t- game tied there, you get a stop, you try and take the lead, and 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 then you're in a position where you're the team trying to make the defensive stop at the end to to ice the game. But no, the Warriors at this point uh, not getting the breaks as far as that goes, and uh, not getting the breaks uh, as far as you know put putting yourself in a in a spot where. You know, you're playing with enough purpose consistently to where you make your own breaks, unfortunately, and you add it all up, and the Warriors wind up losing this one 116-109. So 888 957 Warriors now 3-5, and 0-4 oh on the road, 0-3 oh on this five-game trip. They're in Orlando Thursday and New Orleans on Friday. When is the last time the Warriors lost their first four games on the road, you ask? 2011-2012. Now, the uh, lockout shortened season of 11-12, the 66-game campaign, and that was Mark Jackson's first year. So before the Warriors began their run of making the playoffs the following season, I think that team was 23-43 and 43 in a 66-game in a campaign. That was the last time that the Warriors lost their first four on the road. 888-957-9570. Dale in Walnut Creek next year on Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Dale. Hey, hey, how's it going tonight? What's going on, man? Um, I, I just want to say uh, it's early. It's early, but it looks worrisome. Uh, you know, you, people are talking about uh, when the when the second team comes in, it doesn't look so good. I'm looking at the, these first, you know, five or six games, and the starters – are giving up a lot of points in the first quarter, and the starters are behind in the first quarter too. I think it's more systemic than just the you know the the, the new guys, the role players. Uh, there's something there's something missing. Uh, I, I I know I know we lost uh, Mike Brown to Sacramento. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's that certainly is probably part of it. But there's something else missing with this team and I as a fan I really hope they get it together but I don't think you can put it all on the second team because the first team is getting outscored and and not playing defense in the first quarter either uh Steve Kerr's Steve Kerr hopefully can turn it around I don't know that's all I got to say thanks for taking the call appreciate it Dale no it's definitely not all on the bench guys but it's also not the 2014-2015 bench, which I think I'm going to bring this up on every postgame show this season. Steve Kerr actually compared this bench to the 2014-2015 bench, the strength in numbers, championship-winning bench, with Andre Iguodala, good enough to be a starter, uh, but coming off the bench to allow Harrison Barnes to, to get his run and ends up being a finals MVP. Sean Livingston uh, being uh, a key component of that bench, and Leandro Barbosa and Mo Spates and Festus Azili and David Lee after his injury coming back and, and being a part of, of that bench. That that was the and, and this this bench, you know, could it get to that point? 
probably not really. But uh, to go back to Dale's point about the starters, there there is a, a lack of of connectivity. I, I think right now uh, there there is they just are off. They they are you know, they're they're just unsure almost in in what they're trying to do or or in how good they are. I think when they get in tough predicaments in games, I think they are so used to being able to f- not play well or play only an offensive game and then at a point in which they feel like they need to reach back and find another gear, they're historically able to find it and flip the game. And I think what's happening right now is when the Warriors are reaching back and saying, okay, it's winning time right now, let's go get it or let's turn this game around, they're not able to quite do it as consistently as they were able to do it in the past. And I think it's you're seeing it in some of these games where the game gets close down the stretch. The Charlotte game, I think, is an example. I think tonight's game is an example of it where the game is right there hanging in the balance and you're thinking, all right, this is where Draymond's going to make a huge defensive play. This is where Clay Thompson is going to make a couple of big threes when he's left wide open, and, and he doesn't. And, uh, you know, this is where you think a, a call is going to go the Warriors' way, maybe, and you're going to wind up taking the game from that point on. And it just feels like nothing is quite going their way, but they're not making their own breaks. And they're also reaching back for something that I think just isn't there. And I think what it comes down to is if the margin for error for this team isn't going to be as great, then that means you're going to have to play harder, more consistently. And, and you know, the Warriors used to be able to get away with playing 12 great minutes against anybody on any night. And if they played 12 great minutes, that was enough to win the game. And now it's you got to play more than that, right? Down nine at the end of the first quarter after you were up six. And you, you make it up to where you're within two at halftime. You come out in the third quarter, you outscore them 38-28, and you look at the middle of the game, right? The second and the third quarters. Middle of the game, the Warriors put up 70. They put up 70 in the second and third quarters. It was 70 to 53 in the middle two quarters in favor of the, of the Warriors. But the bench group bit them in the ass in the first half after they had the lead. And then down the stretch, they have an eight-point leader in complete control, had dominated the last two quarters overall, but Miami's able to claw back. And it's like the Warriors just, there's not enough go and get it when they need to, and there's not enough put away, and there's not enough, hey, the game's hanging in the balance. The Warriors are winning this game because they're the Warriors, and they've got the champion's blood, and they've got the future Hall of Famers. There's just less of a consistency, and there's almost a, it's almost as if the Warriors can kind of sense now that in the regular season on a night in night out basis that they are they're a little more vulnerable they're they're less invincible than than they were in part because they're a little bit older and I think in part because the veteran players the guys with the champions blood 
look at it and and know that there isn't necessarily enough in some of the other areas on this roster. So 888-957-9570. Let's go ahead and hear from Steve Kerr as uh, he addressed the media from Miami, FTX Arena following this loss. Uh, your bench was cumulatively you know, very fine this today. I guess, um, this, what did you see from, from that? Well, we're we're still finding our way, you know, um, as a as a bench um, unit, and still, you know, looking at combinations and learning a lot here in the early part of the season. So, um, all in all, I was really pleased with the effort. I thought the guys played played well enough to win. We didn't close the game. I give Miami credit. They uh, they stifled us in that you know last five minutes with their zone, and they were super active in it. And so we've got to look at that. I expect we'll see some more of that. But um, you know Miami is. We knew they were going to be competitive and you know, like they always are, but especially coming in at two and five and playing a home game. So we got there you know, their best punch in that fourth quarter. And we just couldn't quite close the deal, but I'm really happy with our progress as a team and um, the bench stuff, the young guys, that'll all play itself out and we'll be okay. Charlotte, what was this? Charlotte, for the end of the three long minutes, confidence, usually you guys are able to close out those tight, yeah. what has changed, I guess, particularly in this game? Right? Well, 30 to 15, I mean, 30, 30 points is too much. It's too many, I should say. And uh, 15, we got to do better than that. So, um, you know, we played, uh, I think, a really solid three quarters uh, of two-way basketball and then uh, a lot of mistakes in the fourth. So uh, every team is different. You know, this is not last year's team. This is not the team from 2015 or 17 or 18. It's a, it's a new team. So we just have to find our way. And uh, as I said, I, I, I really liked the fight tonight and I liked uh, a lot of the things we did. And if we keep playing like that and clean a couple of things up, we're going to be in good shape. Out of your favorite subject, replay review. Um, what did you think about the overturned foul rate and how much it impacted? I didn't. I didn't see a replay, so um, I didn't get a good enough look at it. But um, you know, you, usually if a guy gets the ball first on a block, then anything goes. So I, I expected that that one to be overturned. Well, start for James. Football veteran, third quarter. What did you? Yeah, James bounced back really well. You know, and this is all part of it for him being a, a young guy and, you know, playing in these uh, intense games. Um, did a really good job responding. Um, played, a, played a good third quarter. I thought Moses came in, did an excellent job too. Aggressively looked to, to shoot when he was open and um, competed out there. And so uh, those guys did a nice job tonight. They called three carries on Jordan. Um, did you know that was maybe going to be an emphasis? I, I guess there was an email that went out today. And um, honestly, I didn't check my email. We got a game today. I'm not looking at emails. So uh, I was shocked because basically the whole league does that. They've been doing it ever since Allen Iverson convinced the referees that it wasn't a carry. It is a carry. What Jordan does is a carry. But the whole league's been doing it. So I guess I got to start checking my email on game days. Um, Coach, you also mentioned the young core of the team and how moving forward they're going to play a pivotal role. Um, what do you expect to see from them in coming games? Remember, we've experienced this earlier on in the season. I expect them to get better because they're talented guys. They're uh, they're committed. They're smart. So this is all part of their growth and development as as young players. We talked about how you felt there was a lack of urgency to figure out some of the issues that you guys are going through right now. Do you feel that that 
Telling urgency to shift it. Yeah, tonight was was great from a competitive standpoint. The ball was flying around uh, in a good way. You know, the first quarter was was beautiful. Wiggs made some great passes. Uh, we were getting each other great shots. So that was a big step forward for us. And uh, that's always been the way we've played. You know, it's always what we've hung our hat on is is ball movement and unselfishness. And I saw a lot of that tonight. You were a little bit more of that connectivity kind of mission than perhaps in the recent games. Yeah, the ball movement leads to that for sure. And I thought the defense uh, was uh, was better. It wasn't perfect, but I thought we competed. I'm looking forward also to next week's email where they announce they're going to start calling traveling also, because that's for sure coming. Because I know if they're going to fix the palming, they're for sure going to fix the traveling. Wow. So Steve Kerr after the game there, uh, taking a little bit of a shot, saying he didn't check his email. And apparently the email went out today. Uh, some sarcasm there as far as the uh, – palming violations acknowledging that what Jordan Poole is doing is palming and he's right it, it is palming and Jordan Poole got called for that I think more than any other player last year he does have a pretty blatant put his hand under the ball and and turn it over but also stop like he he stops his dribble I think in, in a more pronounced way than other players do so I think this is the kind of thing where the way that he plays and, and gets an advantage from it, that's something that maybe he's going to have to work on. It. And if it is a point of emphasis, like I said, he got called for it, I think it was five or six times last year, which which was the league lead. It's already been three times, and he, and this was not – he got called for it a couple of times, I think, in the first two weeks as, as well, at least once or twice. So – uh, that's something that they're going to have to obviously keep an eye on with Jordan. Uh, as far as the foul call, Steve Kerr explaining it kind of how I did. If if you get to a point where uh, the player blocks the shot, at that point the rest of it is allowed. And uh, the big overarching points, liking the effort. And I think the, the point is there, there was more urgency from the Warriors tonight, but you got to bring that urgency more consistently than the Warriors have brought that urgency to this point of the season. They didn't have that urgency in Charlotte. They didn't have that urgency in Detroit. If they had, they probably win one or both of those games. If you bring that urgency in Orlando, you win. And then the Pelicans will see. It's the fifth game in seven nights. you got to see who's going to end up playing for the Warriors or, or not playing for the Warriors uh, if they wind up resting players. They ended up not resting anybody other than Clay on the second of a back-to-back in, in Detroit. So uh, this trip is off to really a catastrophic start at this point but I think the the most important point as Kerr tries to be patient with his team is this team isn't good enough to only win fully bringing it a third of the time or half the time they're showing that they're more vulnerable against any opponent and you need you know you don't necessarily need tonight's win but you need the wins against the Charlottes and you need the wins against the, the Orlandos and the Detroits uh, to help hold your record up and not be in a spot where you're fighting for a, a seven seed or a six seed come March and April. 888-957-9570. A couple of calls here. Uh, it's John Dickinson, Warriors wrap-up, a 95-7 the game. Schlepprock in San Jose. What's up, Schlepprock? JD, what's going on? Boots on the ground, boots on the ground. Here's what I see is the problem, and I'm going to sound like a scoundrel, but I think Clay's the problem these first seven games. Not all on Clay, but if Clay has a regular line, you know, like like Clay does, you know, that's, you know, at least 12 points more a game, and we're just not getting them. 
He's missing wide open threes. I don't know if his legs aren't under him yet or whatever, but in these first seven games, he's a big problem why they've lost, I'm going to say, three of those five games. And I might sound like a scoundrel. I'm not putting it on the young cats because those young cats, the more games they get underneath their belt, the better they're going to become. They're not going to be the 2014, 2015 bench, but, hey, they're going to get better every game. But uh, to me, I'm putting a rat on the table, as Guru says, and I think it's Clay. Thanks for the call. I mean, Clay's averaging 12 points per game. He's averaging 19.5 in his career, and he's averaging 12.3 coming in to tonight. It'll go up a little bit tonight as he had 19 tonight uh, on the – you know, in seven and nineteen and four or twelve from three point range. So he shoots thirty three percent from three tonight over the course of the season. He's under thirty percent coming into the game. So that goes up a little bit tonight. But yeah, you look at Clay Thompson, I mean it I don't think it's twelve points per game, but it's it's at least six or seven on average. Hell, can he get to sixteen points per game, I think would be would be key here for the for the Warriors at, at this point. But yeah, like you just you go through the, the game logs and it, it hasn't been pretty uh to this point and it's not what we're used to. I think the question though is, and I've said this a few times and I don't want to belabor it, there's a level Clay needs to get to that's in between where he is now and where he used to be. I, I think the expectation has to at some point not be that he's going to be what he used to be. And and part of that is not as many dominant games, not as many the clay goes completely you know, out of his mind, white hot games, but it's also he may not make as many as of those threes in the big moments when he has a chance to to tie a game or or it's a dagger. He's going to hit some of them, but he's not going to do it as consistently. The Warriors are going to have to overcome it and find other ways to win games. So it's definitely something to to keep an eye on. But as far as the, the call goes, I mean, it, it has been a, a big part of the Warriors' struggles in the early going is they're not getting what I think they, they thought they'd be getting even in the 25 minutes average that he's been playing. Uh, Ricky is up next. Final caller of the night here, Ricky, on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Ricky. Hey, John. Thank you for having me on, man. Listen, What's so, up, brother? Uh, you know, you know, I'm a big Clay Thompson fan. You know, I was like, woohoo, I got my jersey. My dog got his jersey, you know. Like I said, he's just a joy to watch. But, um, you know, he is struggling this season. You know, I've always defended Clay. I try to defend Clay. And, you know, but he's just struggling. What I saw today, the last three minutes, man, especially that uh, two-on-one with Draymond giving him the, the ball for uh, the easy layup, he didn't even get the, the layup or the call. I mean, it was just a bad, you know, miss. And I, I don't know, man. I mean, like, I expected Clay to be dominant this season. And last night, I um there was a game on the Clippers and the, um, I want to say the Clippers and the Rockets. And I saw John Wall and I'm like, I thought about Clay because like, I expected Clay to be Clay, but look at John Wall, man. John Wall had, you know, Tor Keeley's, you know, I think he had a surgery on his knee too. I mean, how many years, you know, John Wall wasn't in his prime and, you know, it took him a while just to, you know, be, you know, a serviceable player. And Clay, with his injuries history, you know, we're looking at Clay to be dominant. He was pretty good last year. He still gave you 20 points in 37 games in the regular season. But, like, I just – I don't think that's going to be Clay anymore. I think we just got to look at, you know, the process that Clay's going through, you know, game by game. And, you know, hopefully, 
you know, he doesn't slip that bad that he has to be coming off the bench. I still want him to be a starter. But, you know, that John Wall and Clay Thompson comparison when it comes to injuries, man, I think that that's a good comparison, man. Thank you, John. Great time, man. Thanks for the call, Ricky. Uh, 888-957-9570, although I guess Ricky's going to be our, our final caller uh, of the evening here on, on Warriors Wrap-Up. We'll hear a couple minutes of Draymond Green before we get out of here. I want to clean up a couple of text messages as well, a lot of good text messages with the phone calls haven't had an opportunity to, to get to. Uh, the 5-1-0 bringing up Gary Payton the second uh, Again, he's going to make his debut here coming up for Portland. Uh, set a tone defensively and knock down shots. It's true. Five one zero as well. No GP two. No Otto Porter. No Damian Lee. Even I know a lot of Warrior fans thinking, "What the hell are you talking about?" But Damian Lee was a, a playable, trustable vet for the Warriors last year. But Porter and GP two are the are the two for sure. So I think you know they miss him flat out, but. You weren't going to be able to keep everybody, and those two found homes with nice paydays in, in other areas with Toronto and and with Portland, although neither has been playing uh, f- for their respective new teams. But they're going to have to figure out a way. Jermichael Green hasn't filled the void, and, and whether it's been Moody or DiVincenzo, or, who's been out with an injury, the Warriors have not been able to, to offset that. Uh, and at this point, that's part of the reason why the bench hasn't been as productive. And I'll say this, as far as looking ahead to who's going to be playable in the playoffs and who's not, I think the Warriors are going to have to go get a veteran 4-5 unless they can come up with some significant improvements from Wiseman and, and from... Jamichael Green and or Kaminga and I, I like I'm not ruling Jamichael Green out as being playable in the playoffs I think DiVincenzo probably can I think Moody among the young players is the most likely to be playable in a playoff series but if they can't so they could cobble it together I, Iguodala can play some so I think you have enough wings and Clay can play up a peg if he's playing garden threes hell he was garden fours at times in the, in the finals last year and holding his own. So I think what it becomes, though, is can the Warrior do they have enough from the 4-5 spot if Wiseman's unplayable and Jermichael Green is is up and down? He's had a couple of good games. He's had some bad games. Tonight was not a great Jermichael Green game. Do you need to go out and get a, a veteran 4-5 with your empty roster spot and, and throw a little bit more luxury tax money on top of it to try and help yourself with one more rotation playable type player? That's something to keep an eye on. You might say it's way too early, but it's it's something to, to keep an eye on. Uh, all right, uh, let's hear a couple of minutes of Draymond Green real quick, and then we'll call it a night uh, as Draymond addressed the media after the loss. Yeah, I thought our energy was better at times, um, but we still got to put it together and win games. Staying, uh, our comments over here by the down stretch, you know, they were flying around in the zone. They're lesser defenders that were on the floor at that time. They were able to hide with the zone, and we just didn't execute well. You, know, you got to try to get in the weak spots of the zone and attack it, and I, didn't, I don't think we did a good job of that. Tonight's game had a very uh, playoff-y taste, if you may. Did it. I mean, you guys put blow for blow in the fourth. And um, what is going to be the key to really closing out games like this that are happening so early in the season as you move on? Uh, you just got to lessen the mistakes. Uh, you know, what it, what it boils down to at the end of the game is, is stops. And we have lacked these first eight games in getting stops. 
And so in order to win games, close games down the stretch, you score points. That's great. But you have to get stops. And we just didn't do that. And they did. They called Jordan for the three carries. I guess it was something that they had emailed and said it was going to be an added emphasis. Number one, did you guys know that? If you're going to call that, you better call it because every guard in the NBA carries a lot. And some of the best ball handlers in the NBA carries often. So if it's a point of emphasis, then let's see it. But I'm not sure how many I've seen all year in a C3 in one game on one guy. So if it's a point of emphasis, great. But let's 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 see it then. Because what they get one, I love Kyle. I love Jimmy. They're great. But they not not carrying the whole game. So if we only got one, and I think it was on Caleb Martin or one of those guys in front of our bench. It's only one. Can't be too much of a point of emphasis. So we'd love to see it continue being called. All right. So Draymond Green there uh, putting the, the palming violations to bed uh, as far as Jordan Poole picking up three of them. Uh, in in the game tonight, so that'll do it. Warriors now three and five, as uh, they fall to zero and three in the trip, zero and four on the road. They split the season series with Miami, as uh, the Warriors uh, just the third time that the Warriors have concluded a season series this early within the first eight games of a season. Uh, and the Warriors are going to be back in action in Orlando on Thursday, as they'll look to try and get their first road win of the season uh, against the Magic, and then the Pelicans to follow there. Andrew Wiggins played better. Klay Thompson scored at a higher rate. Klay Thompson tonight uh, hit four threes. He tied J.R. Smith for now 17th place on the all-time three-point list with 1,930. Andrew Wiggins, better offensive output for him. Fourth 20-point game of the season as he finished with 21 after a couple of 10-point outings in the recent games. And uh, the Warriors waste a Steph Curry triple-double, the 10th career triple-double for Curry 23, 13, and 13. Uh, the Warriors uh, now 8 and 2 when Curry has a triple double. So that is just the second time that the Warriors have lost a Steph Curry triple double game. Uh, he also hit the three pointer uh, one of four tonight to extend his record of. 197 consecutive games in the regular season with at least one three. So that'll do it. Uh, back with you Thursday, 3 o'clock with Warriors Live. I will have that for you as the Warriors take on the Magic and the Warriors wrap up after the game. So thanks to Sterling Bennett. Thanks to everybody in our San Francisco studios. Fox Sports Radio is coming your way next. The Heat, they beat the Dubs tonight, 116-109. to And you heard it right here on 95.7 The Game. We'll talk to you on Thursday. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.